Well, 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 good morning. Good morning. I'm excited. Are you excited? Um, st- Steve, you can preach. That's good. If you don't have a local church, if you don't have a home yet, can I encourage you to make the vineyard your home? This is a great church. This is a great tribe. We're so thankful for what God's doing, and we've got so much more to see. And these are exciting times. If you think Christianity is boring, jump on board this train. We will not be slowing down. And this train's heading in one direction, and that's to see the kingdom of God fulfill all that it wants to do here in Dungannon and beyond. So please join the mission. If you don't have a local church, if you're thinking about making this your home, can I just ask you to do that and do it quickly and get on board with what we're doing here in the vineyard. So it's so good. My name's Jason. I lead the vineyard with Michelle. We've got great staff and great volunteers. Just on volunteers, I just want to honor some volunteers here this morning. Sunday mornings just don't happen on their own. Our setup team have been doing this now for years and years, and I know we're looking towards a new home and a new place to stay that's permanent. But in the meantime, what they're doing is making chairs ready for you, putting out tables, making sure the room feels not so much like a school, but that you're actually coming in to a home, which is very hard to do in this type of environment. But we're moving forward. We're dreaming. We're believing God will get us a home. I'm believing that will happen very soon. Will you believe with me? And would you give towards that mission so we can make it happen? But I want to honor the setup guys this morning. Well, you've been setting up today, setting up last year, setting up two years ago, six months ago, six hours ago. I don't know. Would you please stand? We just want to say thank you for all that you do. Billy, you can lead us in the charge there. Would you stand and your team with you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are amazing. We really, really appreciate all that you do. It's not just putting out chairs. It's creating an environment for people to encounter the living power of Jesus Christ in a practical way. If you want to be part of the team, Billy, would you stand again? Billy's go go-to guy this day. If you'd like to help put out chairs, you don't need a degree, you don't need training. If you want to help us make this a good environment for guests to come on a Sunday morning, talk to Billy straight after this, and I'm sure you could find a space. Could you find them a space if they really want? Billy's going to do that. So have we given? Have we given generously this morning? Let's not forget what God's doing here. Let's fuel the vision. Let's fuel the passion. It's a great time to be part of the vineyard. It's a great time to be part of what God's doing here on the earth. Welcome to the vineyard. Welcome to a place of hope. I think I'm in the mood for preaching this morning. Welcome to the sound of family. We're a community that are transformed by God's extravagant mercy and His grace. Each week, people are taking kingdom risks. I got a text yesterday just to say the guys were in prison yesterday. They were actually visiting, so that was good. So our guys were in prison yesterday. They said the atmosphere was great. They've signed, like, how, how many people? Was it 40-odd people? for our next prison program, which kicks off very soon. That's phenomenal for a small church here in Dungallon. It is absolutely phenomenal. The guys were out on the streets yesterday. Uh, Davey and Cheryl took their team out in the streets, spreading the love of Jesus in a practical way, giving away chocolate and connecting with loads of people in shops and uh, in all sorts of places. And one of the other ways that we uh, want to transform our community is by you gathering here on a Sunday morning. It's part of transformation. And this morning, this is what this is about. So Sunday is part of transformation. The streets are part of transformation. The prisons are part of our transformation. We believe that transform people, transform communities, and transform lives. So it's interesting, but here's the but. It's interesting how some of the best and the biggest opportunities we have had here in the life of Vineyard Church Dungannon have come in a time when we didn't expect it. We never did plan mission trips to France 
Probably sounds a good idea, and I'm up for going this week, if anybody fancies it, especially Denise. But we never planned. We never planned. I didn't come here and plant the church and say, you know what, India is one of the most, one of the places I'd love to come. In fact, India was the least place I ever thought I would visit in the world. And in fact, I used to say I'd visit anywhere in the world but India, but now I love India. I've been there 78 times. You want to join us? We're heading out this November, a small team. Would you join us? Come along, talk to Stephen, talk to myself straight after this celebration. We never thought we'd end up in India. We never thought we'd end up planting a church in Armagh. We never thought we'd end up uh, influencing other churches in outward-focused Christmas. Do you know that churches all over England and some in America now are doing outward-focused Christmas because we, we started off doing four hampers? Yeah, that's small, small, but it's okay. And then we rose to 1,400 hampers, but it happens in the small, the biggest and the best things in your life will come through simple steps. We'll come through simple steps, very simple steps. Let me tell you something that's countercultural to our thinking in society today. Never, never underestimate the power of same. Never underestimate the power of same. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. The guys in the setup team bringing up, coming up here on a Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. Billy was in here before I was in here. They were putting the hose in here. Water's a theme today, if you have, haven't got that. India water, Dungannon water. We're going to dunk you this morning, I hope, and I pray I have faith for that this morning. And so when these guys come along, they're just putting out red chairs, but that gives people an encounter with Jesus. Some people sat here in the red chair, and their minds have been transformed. Some people have sat here in a red chair, and they've found Jesus, and they've encountered the living Christ. And the power of the Holy Spirit has transformed their lives. They've got off some addiction problems. They've got their life on track. They've found Jesus. They've found family. They've found community because it happens in the same. Never underestimate the power of same. Our flow happens when we do the small and the simple. The flow in the life of the church happens in the unexpected. Like in the Bible, right? David and Goliath, one of my favorite stories. Has anybody ever heard of it? Young shepherd boy. What was David going to do that day? Was he going to kill a giant or was he going to bring some bread and cheese? Bread and cheese. Bread and cheese, and he changes a nation's perspective. He changes the mindset of a nation. A people who lived in fear now live in victory. A people who were uh, carting behind their, their banners and their, their, their war stuff, they were hiding. They were no interested in taking out the Philistines. That day. Along comes a young shepherd boy. He's got bread and cheese. He's doing an errand. His dad says, hey, your brothers are out there. Go and send them bread and cheese. He goes and sends them bread and cheese. He takes down Goliath, and everything changes in that moment. It's simple, isn't it? And not only that, he becomes the greatest king of Israel. And not only that, we know about him, right? Because Jesus comes from his line. How cool is that? What happens in the simple, what happens in the same is really, really powerful. It's unexpected and it's a simple thing. You remember Moses who delivered people from slavery? That's no mean thing. That's a pretty cool thing. That's a pretty big thing. The whole thing started when he was what? Tending sheep for his father-in-law. So be kind to your father-in-law's. He's working on his father's sheep shop. Is that what you call them? Farm. A bush catches on fire. Nothing strange about that. I, use, I heard a lot of people, when, well, I'm not from a traditional church, so please don't stone me if I've been irreverent, but I used to think that it was the Presbyterian bush. Do you ever see the Presbyterian bush? And then I found out it's not the Presbyterian bush. It's actually the bush in the wilderness that Moses saw on fire. Anyway. I'll move on. A bush catches in fire. He turns aside. He looks at God, speaks to him. He calls him. He obeys. He takes a step and he went on and becomes a deliverer of, actually a leader of millions of people. And we see our story and his story, don't we? We have come out of slavery. 
into freedom of Jesus. Small, unexpected, simple. One of my favorite New Testament stories is a guy called Peter and his mates are out fishing one night and they catch absolutely nothing. Any fishermen in the house? Well, you're off hipsters, drink coffee and cycle. Any bikes, bike riders in, in the room? Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Well, the fisherman has got a rod and don't get the fish in Tesco, so they actually got the fish in the sea, Derek. And uh, so they're uh, fishing and they catch nothing all night, which is kind of frustrating for a fisherman, Derek, if you've never done fishing before. And uh, so they, they, they're out fishing, just doing the normal, ordinary, simple. The same, they're getting up every morning, probably at the same time, at the same spot, doing the same thing. Guess who comes along? Jesus, Messiah, King of the universe. He comes along and says, how's it going? And they said, it's not going too good. Jesus says, okay. Here's what's going to happen. Let's just change position. He shows up, tells them to fish in a different way. They do that. They catch such a large haul of fish that the nets are about to begin. <laughs> are about to break. Begin to break. It's hard to say that together. Try it. And, uh, and then he says, leave your nets and follow me. So we go out fishing in a normal 95. You get up on a Monday morning. Where are you going to? Your factory, your workplace, KDM. Where else are you going? Help me with this. The hospital. Um, where are you going? Are you going to make some windows or do something like that there? Concrete. Concrete? Yeah. And, and who knows? Jesus might just speak to you. He might just pass by your office. He might just say, hey, here's what I have for you today. And those guys never expected that they would become part of an unstoppable force. They would become the beginning of what we, we would now know as the church here. And you're sitting here in Dungannon in a red chair here today because some fishermen went about their ordinary, everyday simple, never underestimate the power of same. They went out and did their every ordinary day thing. And all of a sudden they became part of the world changers that transformed society today. That's a pretty cool thing. Never underestimate the power of same. They're suffering in the simple. They're suffering in the ordinary. Some of your greatest moments and your greatest experiences in the seasons of your life have come when you least expected them, right? Would that be fair to say? Like Michelle, is she here? Is she gone? She's gone. Is she gone? She's probably waiting in the back. And I don't have car keys. Could I get a lift just straight after this? Uh, Michelle, the best day in her life. She never thought it was going to happen. She never even expected it. In fact, I never even expected it. I didn't even plan it, and I asked her to marry me. And her life has never <laughs> been the same. And you can work that one out for yourself, whether that's good or bad. I mean, I didn't even expect it. We were in a, in a beach in uh, Port Rush. We saw, you remember guy Steve Chalk, the guy, the cool guy that used to be on Breakfast TV? We went to see him. We came out, we went to Port Rush, and we talked about growing up. And I said, I don't know if you ever grew up. And she says, When do you think you grew up? I says, I think you grew up when you get married. And then I turned around and the words come out of my mouth, Well, then what about it? <laughs> and the most Beautiful things happen in the most unexpected times when you're least experiencing them. And for Michelle, that's why we call it popping the question. Because we popped the question and she did not know where it's going to happen. So it's a great privilege for me today to give you one of the greatest opportunities that you'll ever have in your life. And this is an unexpected moment for you maybe. This is a, a moment where it's just the same, yes, but it's an unexpected moment. But yet it can be the best day of your life. We're planning on doing a baptism today. And I know nobody has signed up for that. And I know I could look rather stupid for that. But I've been planning this for a long time. We've been planning this for a long time. We've been praying about it. And I think it's time that the church got to do the ordinary stuff. That we got on with the ordinary that we got on with the same and actually saw the supernatural break into the same. Saw the supernatural and the power, the transformation of Jesus breaks into the same, breaks into the unexpected and breaks into the ordinary. And did you know that baptism is an ordinary moment? 
It's just an ordinary moment in the life of the follower of Jesus. And I can see that you're confused, and there's confusion in the air. He has a baptism tank here. He has towels, and he has T-shirts, and he has nobody to get baptized. So this is your chance, and I know you're thinking, I def- did you sign me up, Millie? Did you sign me up? I didn't sign up. Did you sign up, Graham Black? Graham Black didn't sign up, but could Graham Black go home wet today? I don't know. But <laughs> you're thinking... I didn't sign up for this thing to be baptized today. I, I, I didn't even think about it, but you could be here today, and you might just biblically be baptized as a public profession of your faith in Jesus Christ in this simple opportunity in the ordinary. Not in a month. No, 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 no. Not next week. Today. You came dry, you're leaving wet. That type of today. You know wet baptism? Do you know the one where you get water all over you? And we have, this, this is the Lord. We've been talking about water in India. And Barabbas phoned me last night. He says, Jason, we're going to make it rain for you this Sunday. And then after this Sunday, we're good weather again right into the middle of November, like I said last week. <laughs> is that okay? Do you believe me? I was trying to explain baptism to you this morning. I thought, what could I say so that would help you get baptized? How could I preach my best how could, I, how could I entice you in some way? But I'm not here, I'm not here, I'm not here to, to try and sell anything this morning. In fact, I don't know if I'm here to even convince you. I don't think that's my job. I'm not into convincing people how to live their lives. I'm into creating environments where people have an opp- opportunity to encounter Jesus Christ. When you meet Jesus Christ, you're engulfed and developed and mentored by this wonderful person called the Holy Spirit in your life, and he does a better job than Jason Scott any day of the week. So let me give you the words of a guy called Paul. He's writing about sin, and, and the beauty about Paul, he, he's talking about sin and grace, and he explains this whole thing. He talks about one man mucking it up and getting us on this dilemma with sin and death, and death is not of God, and sin is not of God, and people say death is just part of life. I would say death is no part of life. The true, true story of God was that we would never die. And then no heart is designed for death. No heart is designed to, to manage death. Our hearts are not designed to deal with death, people. Do not get it into your thinking that the human heart is designed to react and to live with death. We are not designed for death. The human heart was never designed for death. But he said, hey, hey Moses, or Adam got it all wrong, but there's one man that got it all right. As we look back in our demise with Adam, we look forward into the new life with Jesus Christ. As sin entered and death entered with one man, so life happens with one man. As Adam pointed back, Jesus takes us into the future, into the graceful land. That's our new country where we're heading, right? This graceful land. And so then he says about the law. The law is just set up. And what happens when the law is set up, it just makes us sin more. I don't know. Don't shoot me for that one. But that's what the scripture teaches us. It says when, when the law is there, it just tells us more about our sin. But grace abounds much more. The thing about grace is grace is not grace. Grace, grace is not about sin. And grace is about going into your good future with God. See, God is not taking us out of our trouble. God is bringing us into life. God just doesn't get us free from troubles. God brings us into life in Jesus Christ. And it's a wonderful experience isn't it? The life of God. And then he goes on to say, should we just keep on sinning then so we can get so much more grace? Don't be stupid. He says, so what do we do? Keep on sinning as God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. I'm reading from the scriptures right now. If we left the country where sin is sovereign, how, shall, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and we left there for good? Do you not realize that? This is what happened in baptism. I'm explaining baptism now. This is what happened in baptism. When we went onto the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. 
When we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. I keep saying that we are on the wrong side of Eden, but we are on the right side of resurrection. It changes everything for that moment. It changes everything from that moment. We're raised out of the water. It's like a resurrection. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new, grace, sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin miserable life. Michelle talked about it two weeks ago, or was it last week? Sin always takes you beyond where you want to go. Sin always takes us beyond where we want to go. It always does. No longer it sins every beck and call. Thank God. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin, conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. Come on. That'll preach. Let me say that again, just in case it's not hitting with you, and if I can find it on the page. My eyesight's getting worse and worse. If we get included in Christ's sin, conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. That's good, right? That's really good. That's really good. The signal of the end of death as the end. I like this guy, Peterson. Never again will death have the last word. We're not designed for it. We weren't made for it. It won't have the last word. Never again. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took the sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. This is just, this preaches itself, doesn't it? This is the gospel. This is the gospel. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language. That means nothing to you anymore. It's not your native tongue. God speaks your mother tongue. You hang on on every word of what he says. You allow his voice to become the loudest voice in your life. You're dead to sin, but you're alive to God. That's a good, good day. That's what Jesus did. And so Paul, he unwraps that for us. And how he explains and he points us in the right direction as we journey in this relationship with Father God through Jesus Christ, the Son, indwelled by the power and kept by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when it comes to baptism, when we talk about it, it somehow holds us open emotion in our lives as a culture in Northern Ireland even. We, we come with this emotion, and it's not that it's about church. It's not that we care so much about Christ and, and it, in that way, but it becomes more of an, an emotion. Baptism is shaped by how you're raised, not by your research for a lot of people. Baptism is more to do what you've been taught rather than what you actually believe. So there's this emotional connection. I understand that. If you've never been brought up in church and you see a baptism, you think, man, if I've never been brought up in church, if I'd never went to church and I came along here this morning and seen some person get into the water, I just think, man, that's just clean weird. Would you? That's just clean weird. I mean, I can tell you, it just looks clean weird. We were outside here on Friday afternoon. There was an exam happening here. Me and Matt and grabbed these two idiots. No, they're my kids. They're not idiots. Smart boys, smart boys. And they... Were you there, Matty and, and Caleb? Good guys. And we were building a baptism tank out there, and it's raining. 
And so I thought this is the perfect moment to preach the judgment of the world that has come upon us, and we must repent and be ready. And I tried to get loads of kids into this baptism tank and come and join my cult, but nobody actually picked up on it. I am joking, by the way. Okay, for those who don't know me, that's a big joke. It's a big fat joke. I mean, it just, but the reason it's so important to us, first, that you read the New Testament and you can't get away from it. It's just the ordinary, simple thing that you do. Never underestimate the power of seeing. You'll see any time someone decided to follow Jesus, they would immediately, immediately get baptized. No classes. We do classes, but no classes for the Bible people. Unfortunately, there was no overhead, there was no PowerPoint, they had no cards, they had no tiles, they had no nothing. They just immediately, they were baptized, following and embracing Jesus, and that they should be, they were convinced that they could be, and that they should be baptized. Baptism isn't so much a huge special offense, but it's a spontaneous reaction to truth revealed and Jesus Christ received. That's what happens in baptism. Let me say that again, because I made this one up all by myself, and if you want to tweet it, please feel free. Just put my name on this one, okay? <laughs> Everything else, I steal. Baptism is so much, isn't so much a huge special event, but it's a spontaneous reaction to truth revealed and Christ received. Let me tell you a quick story, and then I'm going to tell you a modern day story in just a second or two, and then we're going to go for it. So there's this guy in the book of Acts. He's an Ethiopian. He's a eunuch, and uh, I'll not explain that. And uh, if you'd like me to, I could, but I won't. And uh, so he's just not just an ordinary Ethiopian. This guy's in charge of the treasury of an Ethiopian queen who has a lot of power in the country. So he's off in business. He's heading from Jerusalem to Gaza. Somebody keep me right if I go off track here in the story. He's on business. He's on a chariot. Now, most people think he's riding the chariot, you know, and reading the book at the same time. It's like people on a mobile phone and driving at the same time. It's not what he's doing. He, he's, he's got so much power, the Ethiopian eunuch. He is a huge, huge ambassador in his community, in his culture. He's looking after the queen's treasury, which is a huge, huge thing, and she's quite a wealthy woman. So he's uh, doing all that. He's got a driver driving for him, and so he's just like reading Isaiah, as you do out of the message. It was a joke. He doesn't have a Bible. He's reading it out of a scroll. So he's, he's reading Isaiah, and uh, he's reading just like a lamb, brought to the slaughter. Isn't that right? Is that, is that what it's saying? Some, some of you Bible scholars help me. He's reading Isaiah chapter 58, I think. And he's reading about this lamb who was led to the slaughter, this innocent lamb. Uh, and then this strange phenomenon happens. I don't know if you believe this or not, but there's angels in the Bible, real angels. And they speak to people. And so the angels come Kids, you can just take your seat or you can just hang out there if you want. So there's angels in the Bible. The angel says to this guy called Philip, he says, hey, I want you to go at a certain place, to this certain stage. There's going to be an Ethiopian guy. He's coming across in a chariot. And uh, I want you to go and explain some things to him. So as sure as eggs are eggs, Philip heads to this exact spot where the Ethiopian is. He's reading the scriptures. And I think this is the most comical moment of all the Bible. He's running alongside the chariot. Yeah, right? so this guy's reading, and he's running alongside the chariot. Hey, how you doing? Nice day for it. What brings you to Jerusalem? I'm just heading to Gaza. I'm doing a bit of business for the queen. And so he says, hey, what's that you're reading? He says, oh, it's a book of Isaiah. He says, does it make sense? He says, how can it make sense? Nobody's explained it to me. That's why we teach the scriptures here every Sunday. So he says, have I only had somebody to teach me? Aha, 
moment he jumps onto the chariot. I don't know if the chariot's still going. He jumps onto the chariot. He explains to him, hey, this is about Jesus Christ, Messiah King. He tells him the good news of Jesus, how Jesus just doesn't get us into trouble, but he brings us into life in the new grace country of sovereign rule and reign of Christ. And he brings us into this place. And when he's in this moment, the guy automatically gives his life and his yes to Jesus Christ in the way of following Jesus. Now, this is another strange thing. They travel up the road, and what is the Ethiopian eunuch see? What does he see? Water. This here stuff, it's real. Feel it. <laughs> and he says, why can't I be baptized? Why shouldn't I be baptized? And Philip says, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a moment, hold on a moment. This is a special event. We need to have some more classes. Could you make it back here in Jerusalem for next week at 7.30 Tuesday night, suit you? Ethiopian says, I'm a very busy man. I'm a eunuch and I look after a lot of people, look after a lot of money. I'm a busy man. Time's money and money is time. I can't come back on Tuesday night. Well, he doesn't say any of that at all, actually. He says, I should get baptized. And Philip says, yeah, you should. And he takes him. They get off the chariot. Guy waits for him. Taxi's still waiting for him. Leaves a scroll, I would imagine, because the scroll's very important, they say Scroll, the prophet, he's left that on the chariot. doesn't say this in the Bible, but please work with me. He gets off the chariot. He walks down to the water. He lowers him into the water. He brings him back up to the water. He says, now we're going to do a disciple class for 10 weeks. <laughs> now, do you know what really happens? Now, this is really weird. The Spirit takes Philip and transports him to another place. But it's okay. The eunuch has found Jesus and has been baptized in obedience, and he's off to his country again. But this time, he's not leading with natural wisdom in his kingdom or her kingdom. He's actually got the mindset of God. Ever thought about that? Man, I'm close to preaching today, aren't I? So there's nothing magical about baptism. So I'm going to invite you to, I'm going to introduce you to a good friend of mine. He's not a eunuch. He's called Nigel. Come on up, Nigel. No stranger to speak in this weather. This man speaks all over the country. Hello. Look, blows on the mic and everything. He's a professional. He's a professional. So, Nigel was one of these guys who came to the vineyard. He actually came to the life group, and he meets Brian, and we're sorry for that. But, and then he comes along to a baptism service one Sunday morning. On your regular clothes, right? Suit it and boot it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, what happens? I went home wet with Annette Mullins Carl. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Annette Mullins top, so that, that's okay. It's just so, explain, you're sitting in a red chair, just like these people today. We're talking about baptism. and. So Jason, well, first of all, I would say Jason uh, rang me one lunchtime during the week. And he said, you know, Doing baptism on Sunday, I wonder would you say a few words about baptism. Now, somebody asked me one time, what do you like with public speaking? And I said, I'd rather change the engine on a lorry on the motorway in the dark in the snow. Do you mean you don't like speaking? So, <laughs> maybe it'd be better with the engine. Um, so, I finished my lunch, went down into the office, turned on the computer, and I thought I'd better go to the one place where I can find out about baptism and the truth and everything that involves you mean like after you did it? And what I found out on Google. <laughs> 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 I 
Okay, go ahead. Keep going, keep going. So I read three or four entries, and one thing that came to me, or one sentence that stuck with me was, get right with God, or get straight with God. So that's been kicking about in my head, um, and then I started to think about my own situation and how I ended up in the tank that day. So I'll go back a few years. We're probably coming here now about three years, let's say. Um, Started around this time of the year, came through the summer sort of off and on, and then in September time, life groups started and looked through the list of life groups, and it was, you know, get deeper with Jason and get really deep with Michelle. And, <laughs> and then there was this one um, DIY with Brian and Adbars. Thought to myself, that's more like my kind of thing. Um, knew very little about Adbars, didn't know much about Brian either. I'd met Alan a few times, and he was a fairly straightforward right kind of a fellow. I think he takes after his mother. <laughs> um, so I went along to the life group and I thought, I can go to this life group and I can probably sit in the corner of the room and try and find out a wee bit more about this Christianity thing and nobody's going to really pass any remarks and it'll be all good, it'll be all sweet. Prior to that, I'd probably been 40 years or so going to a conventional church um, I never hear the second sentence of the sermon because I'm away on a world of my own. Um, so I'd come to Vineyard and there was something different and something going on and some kind of a change. So I'm at this life group anyway and I thought, no problem at all. I can quite happily, happily sit in this corner here and do a wee bit of tailing or whatever and get away all right and I'll find out a wee bit more and nobody really even know that I'm there. So the first night, Brian being Brian, said, um, I'd like everybody to tell me who they are and why they're here. <laughs> so somebody in front of me said, well, they were there because they wanted to learn how to put on silicone. And somebody else said they were there because they wanted to learn how to tile. And somebody else said they were there because they wanted to learn how to plumb. And I said I was there because I wanted to learn about Christianity. Well. <laughs> and I did. And... Uh, Often a complete tangent, I would say, if you're new to Vineyard or for whatever reason you haven't been to a life group, get on a life group the next time they're going. Good. Best thing ever. Um, I learned so much about myself. I learned I can't sing. <laughs> learned I can't bake cakes. <laughs> I learned so much about other people. I learned Richard Farquhar is a brilliant photographer. I learned Cheryl can weld. Now there's a lady with talents. <laughs> No, seriously, life groups. I would say um, baptism was getting on the bottom rung of the ladder as far as Christianity was concerned, and right. life groups were the, were the fighting the ladder, well. if that makes sense. Hmm. So came to baptism that day and knew I was on some kind of a journey, but um, certainly hadn't signed up for baptism or hadn't intended to go home wet. Um, but then, I suppose it comes back to that sentence, or that sentence of, that I read today, or I read during the week, uh, about getting right with God. If you're on that journey, well then, don't go home without getting right with God. Hmm. Brilliant. You're done. Yeah. So good. So you may be here and you may be saying, why in the world, I'm finishing up, why in the world should the band want to come up and 
Say a bit of time. Why in the world should I get baptized? I would say there's a lot of reasons because Jesus got baptized and we should get baptized because the scriptures teach us to do it immediately. It's not a special event, but it's a, a spontaneous reaction to truth revealed and Christ received, like the Ethiopian. But there's a lot of things and there's a lot of walks in our life that will not be the same. We all love Jesus, but we're all on a journey and we're all doing different things. Like these guys have a passion and, and Nigel just has a passion for the refugees. And, and somebody over on the right-hand side may not have that passion and we're okay with that, right? We're just not okay with you not loving people. All right, we're not okay with that. And some of us might just have a heart for India, and we love India, and we love the earth, and we love the color, and we love the smell, and we love the people, and we love everything about that. And that's our journey, and not everybody is on that journey to go to India, right? But please pray for the persecuted church in India. Let's love the world. And a lot of us maybe are going on mission trips, and, and Rhonda, she's heading off to Africa. Is she here? She's down the back. She's heading off there, but it's her mistake. <laughs> Not everybody's going to go to Africa. No, I'm only joking about that. And, and so we all, have, we all have different journeys, but the one common thing that we all have together is that we can go through the waters of baptism. It's the one common thing that all of us as followers of Jesus can have in our lives. The one part of the journey that remains the same is that this consistent thing that it, we go and we model Christ's resurrection, that we model obedience to Jesus Christ. This is the one thing that we can all do together. And we're all going to do different things on Monday morning, but on this Sunday, we get to do something that's the same. It's the same. And it's common to us as followers of Jesus Christ. This is the one place we all should arrive, where we have suffering in common, and it's a place where we publicly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, I'm convinced that baptism is a point, a point of reference for our life. It's a declaration where we say that we belong to Jesus. But there's something uh, more and more important about this. I have a wedding ring. Anybody got a wedding ring on? The wedding ring says something. It says that I'm married, but it doesn't mean that I have a great marriage, by the way. But I do have a great marriage. But it's just a symbol, is what I'm saying. It's just a symbol. It's just a ring on my hand. It, it, it just says publicly that I belong to Christ. And so it is with baptism. Baptism is a relationship, or a relationship where we're saying, I belong to Jesus. But here's the cool thing. See, it's easy for a, a, an idiot like me from there to say that I belong to Jesus. But here's the most wonderful thing in the universe, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, would say, that he belongs to me. Wow. It, that, that, that blows my mind. So I don't know what your life's like, but my life is kind of screwed up. Still kind of screwed up. But that he would identify publicly with me. You know what? No matter what anybody says about me in Dungannon when we're out on the streets or anything else, I know that my father in heaven says, that's my boy. I'm for this kid. And he's for you today. And so I want to ask you something. I want to ask you a question, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to worship. And I'm going to ask you, if you've never been baptized, to go home wet today. But I want to say this. If Christianity is the substance and the produce of love, then why wouldn't we identify through water baptism that we belong to Christ? If Christianity is the result of love. It's the relationship of love. And why wouldn't we be baptized? It's not a special event. It's a spontaneous 
reaction to truth revealed, Christ received.